0: Bro, I'm like I'm like shaking right now. I just pitched a tame to President Bill Clinton.
1: That was a voice note I got from Guggen six months ago. And the story behind that voice note was more than a year in the making. But more on that later. First some introductions. I'm Rami.
0: And I'm Guggen. We're both students at the University of Oxford. And a year and a half ago, we started a journey that neither of us could have predicted.
1: The world's a little bit crazy right now. And when things seem kind of whack, people are forced to innovate.
0: In every single way. We have no idea what the world is going to look like when we recover, but if there's one thing we know for certain is that it's going to be really different from what we remember.
1: After the 2008 financial crisis, we saw some of the most successful entrepreneurs of our time build massive companies, including the likes of WhatsApp, Airbnb, and Uber.
0: See, the thing is, we only hear about these founders once their companies are huge. Some of their most interesting stories are those from the early days when they've not had their big break and they're still figuring out those core questions. Like, what are they making? Who's going to be buying it? And what makes them unique? It's kind of easy to see the Googles of the world and think that they kind of got there overnight.
1: The reality couldn't be more different. We're hoping you'll get to see that startup founders are real people who saw a problem and decided to fix it. The problems they face are real problems and there's something to learn from each of them. For our first episode,
0: we'll be starting close to home. We'll be
1: talking about a startup we've been working on for the past two years. And what does a startup do, Rabbit? Well, I'm glad you asked. The startup we've been working on is called (laughs) Attain.
0: Welcome to the One Minute Pitch, a segment of the show where we'll get our guest, or today, Rabbi, to pitch the business idea in a minute or less. Take it away, Rabbi.
1: So I'd just like to start this off by saying, here is how I would pitch Attain um, about a year ago. Attain is democratising employment by guiding learning and hiring through data. Young people aren't learning the skills they need to thrive in the workplace, and prevailing education systems are failing them. That's why we developed Attain. We're offering personalised programmes to optimise individual learning journeys and make their education and hiring more equitable. Students will have a better understanding of their existing skill set and the skills required for their dream jobs while employers will be able to make more informed hiring decisions by seeing the skills that potential hires have. We'll license our platform to universities to help them get their students into employment, and we'll be taking a matching fee to match people to courses and jobs that are right for them. We are the team to bring Attain to life, and with your support, we can go even further. Thank you.
0: Thank you for that one-minute pitch, Rabi it's kind of weird retroactively trying to take stock of a company that you've been working on for a year and a half. But I guess a good place to start as any is the beginning. So for us that's October last year. Well, no, not last year, Christ a year before last year, October of 2018. Um, it was, it was a cold, it was a cold autumn day. Um, no, I think, Rami, do you want to give them the origin story and like how we, how we formed up? Sure. I mean, for me, uh,
1: Attain, you know, before it was Attain, it started as this uh, this urge to want to do something. Um, and I know that doesn't, doesn't really mean much, um, but it was something that I knew that, you know, me and you had in common. Um, yeah. We wanted to start something. We wanted to be a part of some. We wanted to be a part of something. We didn't really understand what that meant initially. Um, at least I didn't understand what that meant initially, um, and it was only through talking to a couple of people. Um, you know, shout out Ronit over here, uh, Ronit Ka- Kanwa, CEO of Empire Energy,
0: who we're, um, probably, we're hoping to have on a future episode.
1: Fingers crossed! Fingers crossed if you can make time for us. Um, <laughs> who was, was definitely definitely one of the one of the inspirations behind this journey. So he took part in something called the Halt Prize, um, a global social entrepreneurship competition which uh, culminates with uh, pitches at the United Nations headquarters and the winning team taking home a million dollars of seed funding. Um, he'd had an amazing experience with the Holt Prize the year before us, uh, the, the year before, um, and he had gotten to the finals. He'd enjoyed it very much and he recommended that we we take part. Um, so, you know, I knew, I knew. Um, me and Guggen both knew we were on it. Uh, we both knew we wanted to compete in the Holt Prize. Uh we didn't we didn't have an idea, you know, we barely had a team. We yeah. knew that we know we knew we both wanted to you know take part in this. Um and that's that's where it began. We got together, um, we brainstormed a little bit, and we knew the first step for us was was forming the team. Yeah. Um yeah. putting together um, you know, the right skill set to actually make something make something happen. Um and from then, I think uh, I think you'd previously worked with Oren.
0: Yeah. So, it, like the way our team came together was kind of kind of strange, actually. It was like um, I'd worked with Oren, um, who you guys will be meeting in a little bit, um, who's a central force in this story, um, as it turns out. As is Ralph, uh, who is the other member of the team. But I'm skipping ahead of myself. Um, yeah, I'd worked with Oren. Um, the year before in a sort of venture capital uh, society within Oxford. Um, And I was just like astounded by this guy who just seemed to be like pretty much like a productivity machine. I can
1: definitely uh, vouch for that. (laughs)
0: Like he's just one of those people that's just so hell bent on getting things done. And it's got like a really infectious energy about him. And that's like amazing to be around. He's a medic turned data scientist at um, Oxford. Um, he has worked in venture capital. He's worked on like a bunch of tech startups whilst also doing a medicine degree. Um, and, you know, he just, I, I just knew that if I wanted to, if we wanted to like work on a startup, that this was a guy that we like would be an amazing person to have on board. And um, so what basically Definitely. happened for, for all is I just sort of dropped him a message and I was like, hey, um, you know, i'm thinking about doing this as is a really good friend of mine called rabbi and um, i hope i can call you a friend um i, I reached out to him. Uh, we grabbed we, we literally grabbed a coffee and i was like look this is what i want to work on um we have we don't have an idea we just know that we want to take part in this competition um what do you think and we were lucky enough for him to say yeah um it was yeah kind of kind of bizarre actually because at that point you know we didn't even have a full team we didn't even have an idea we just knew that we wanted to take part in this competition and literally at that point all we knew about the competition for that year uh for lot la- for you know last year was that uh the whole prize was focused around youth unemployment and um, and i think that's the other reason why sort of oren uh specifically sort of jumped out quite ma- massively and um, you know he comes from, like similar to uh, Rabi and myself, a, re- a relatively humble background, in which case, which is why, like, youth unemployment um, as an issue was something quite important to him. And um, mm-hmm. I think that's like super important. You know, when you're when you're creating a startup, like making sure that the issue at a hand is something that your team cares about in some way, shape, or form.
1: Definitely, I think um, what's interesting is I, I think we weren't, but at least I myself wasn't particularly wary of that to begin with. Yeah, I think we were lucky that we ended up with a team which each for each of us um the motivation was was kind of intrinsic to to our identity um yep. where we came from and, and sort of our backgrounds um so i think we were kind of lucky on that front um and do you wanna do you wanna talk about the first time we met Ralph?
0: <laughs> yeah for sure. So basically when we when we'd been speaking to Eren we sort of mentioned like hey you know we think it might be worth us having and another team member as well, perhaps someone with a more tech, uh, tech-enabled tech background. Just to give you guys an idea, sort of Rabi studies PBE, which is known um, within the UK as being the degree for politicians. Uh, what that basically means is that it teaches you absolutely nothing useful whatsoever. Um, comparatively, <laughs> I, I I are... <laughs> um, comparatively, I study physics. Comparatively, I study physics. Which, uh, for those of you listening, basically means that people think I know a lot of stuff, um, and I actually know nothing that's useful in everyday life whatsoever. So, quite strangely, uh, PPE and physics have a lot more in common than most people would initially think. <laughs> um, so, we thought we needed someone with like an actual, you know, uh, hard skill set of like being able to perhaps work with tech, you know, maybe build an app, like just just to give us, you know, a wide base. Um, within t- our sort of team skills, from which we could then build. Um, and what we decided, what we what we did is, uh, you know, we spoke, we spoke to Aaron and we were like, "Hey, do you know anyone from your sort of previous startups, etc., and or you know, just from stuff that you've done in Oxford, who might be interested in joining?" And, and he came back to us a couple of days later, and he was like, "Yeah, I know a guy called Ralph." Um, and I think it's fair to say it was pretty much love at first sight for us. Yeah it's kind of weird actually so the first time we met Ralph was at Oren's uh, house so him and Ralph were living together and were roommates and um, they were basically living in a house filled with AI society people and um, from Oxford and Oren was somehow in that house despite being a medic. Um, don't ask why because I don't think and I know either um, but yeah the first, very first time we met uh, Ralph Oren sort of invited us to the house, Ravi and I went in, we went into the living room And and Oren basically comes downstairs with Ralph in tow, uh, sort of leaves Ralph in the room and then is like, yo, guys, I'm going to go take a quick shower and leaves the room for a second and then dips back in just to say, oh, by the way, Ralph is a genius. Ask him any math question. Um, And then he goes off to take a shower, apparently. Um, and i just sort of th- i'm just sat there and i'm like oh god like we're not really going to do this right like that's such a like he's not a calculator right he's not <laughs> like a human calculator we're not going to dehumanize him like this right and and i i like look at rabbi just to, like confirm that we're not doing this and it seems like he has something else in mind
1: yeah i guess i guess for me uh i was like you know let's test this out um you know <laughs> we we're, were about to um get to know each other maybe work together it kind of felt like a bit of a job interview so i was i kind of <laughs> kind of racked my brains thought like you know what's the most difficult question i could ask him i think i came up with something like seven to the power of seven um i thought he just yeah. i thought he'd just say you know I, I have no idea i i mean i know he's a smart guy but i didn't think he was like a literal calculator um you know t- turns out he he kind of is um so yeah i think like 10 15 seconds gave us an answer um
0: and i checked on my calculator and it was right yeah I was um, was nuts. like yeah completely nuts right um so like if anyone out there is listening and thinking you know what does it take to get a job with attain apparently just answer seven to the seven in an interview and you're, you're basically through
1: can, can, <laughs> confirm, can confirm um so after that meeting with uh with ralph um you know we had a, a couple more conversations and uh, we kind of decided to enter this together as as a team. Uh, for Ralph, it, it was uh, a good way to use his skill set, uh, develop his skill set in a way that he hadn't previously. He'd done a lot of research work uh, and a lot of other projects, but you know, this felt like some a new experience for him. So he was he was kind of keen to join in as well. Um, the kind of next step for us after forming the team was to to come up with an idea, and uh, we had many a many a brainstorming session, read through multiple reports, you know um a lot of a lot of buzzwords came through uh in, in those in those reports. We kind of drowned in uh in a lot of a lot of data, a lot of statistics, and um eventually we, we came up with a couple of ideas. Um yep. everything kept coming back to the idea of like a skills shortage. Um yep. and you know the areas that Ralph and Oren knew best were the, those of 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 tech, um of data science, of uh machine learning. And it seemed like there wasn't a great way for people to uh, verify their qualifications in these areas uh, without having, you know, done a degree. Um, and so it se- that seemed like a sort of promising, promising angle for us. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about what we did to kind of validate that?
0: yeah of course so like our very first idea for our startup was basically like what if we could become kind of like how accounting accountancy has like their um you know their governing bodies Um i think it's like the ICAEW. i think that's i think that's the name of the body and um, which is basically for like um basically like a an overarching body which like confirms that, you know, someone who's passed their exams is like a qualified accountant. Basically like our first idea was like, what if we created like a qualification that allows people to validate their skills in you know, growth areas like AI and machine learning. And um, the idea being that, you know, we could leverage the Oxford brand that we have, maybe get a bunch of like uh, in, like massive industry uh, players to support us and like put their sample of approval on it and say like, yeah, this is a great idea. Um, And, you know, the very first thing we did is basically just reach out to loads and loads of people to see if this was a potential, you know, if this was interesting, if, you know, this skills shortage uh, within tech uh, is something that people think is going to get worse um, beyond what just the data says. And is it something that they'd be willing to see innovation, in, basically? Here's where things started to get a little bit difficult because we had a few uh, conversations and they were largely positive. Like people thought, you know, this is an area that they'd love to see some kind of innovation in, and they'd thought that, you know, the idea of having some sort of qualification that would potentially be accredited by Oxford or you know an Oxford startup um, seemed like a great idea. The only issue with it then what became that a couple of weeks later, I think just before we Uh, broke up for our Christmas holidays and disaster struck.
1: So we wake up that morning and um, I think we saw multiple articles, not just one, um, talking about very similar ideas. I think we we saw something coming out from Amazon um, as a uh, sort of certification for data science and machine learning alongside some of the other courses that they already had. I think um, we also saw another article that exactly in day um of microsoft i think it was or ibm Yep. exploring uh, i think was,
0: similar too i think it was microsoft and then there was definitely also one from google and it's kind of gutting right because like we'd worked on this idea for three weeks we'd spoken to a bunch of people who had been all super excited and been like yo this is an amazing idea we really think you should build it out and like there's something that we need to see and then all of a sudden we realized that not only is someone else already working on the idea but the people working on the idea have billions and billions of pounds to spend on it. And although they don't have a Ralph, who I maintain to this day is our secret weapon, they have other people who are experts in the field and will be able to work perhaps just as well, for, as, well as Ralph. Perhaps not as well because you know Ralph is Ralph, but close.
1: <laughs> I want to take this moment just to um, hone in on something. Competition is um, it's not always a bad thing um and hopefully you know this is going to come up later on as well and hopefully with the future conversations we have with other entrepreneurs um dealing with competition um doesn't always mean you should you know switch your idea and 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 move on to something new um you know our the current iteration of attain that we're working on definitely has people doing similar things in you know in in the industry um but at that time we recognized that given the scope and size of the competitors, it didn't make sense for us to pursue this idea um, the same way we previously were. So it kind of sent us back to the drawing board.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of a crap place to be, right? Um, Because you're basically back to square one. Um, But what's interesting is going back to square one sometimes gets you to create new things that are potentially even better than what you had before um which i think retrospectively i think for us definitely is exactly what happened i agree
1: yeah so (laughs) yeah um so idea number two um what what was the origin of this i don't even remember not gonna lie i think ralph kind of just like came up with it is that true
0: yeah, I, it was weird. So I think it was like over this Christmas holiday where we've, you know, we've had conversations with, you know, some people from, um, we, we've had some really interesting conversations. And at this point, we sort of like, we were like, okay, let's just have a chat and just throw our ideas like we did the very first time, right? Mm-hmm. And we sat down and, you know, uh, all of us were on a Skype call or a messenger call or whatever, whatever, whatever it was. Um, Uber conference. Uber, yes, no, it was Uber conference because you were in Dubai. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so we, were, we were all on this Uber conference call, and and just sort of like chucking out ideas, and and you know we were like learning and machine learning and like AI and big data and algorithms. <laughs> 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 like amongst all this mess, I think it was Ralph. I'm pretty sure it was Ralph. I'm like, you know I'm what? Sure. Um,
1: I I for some reason I for some reason remember us coming up with this idea in particular in person i do remember it being ralph but i remember this idea coming together in person because we obviously had those calls um i think at that point even though we felt we were at you know square one back yeah. at square one i think one of the good things was we had all those conversations with all those you know stakeholders in industry recruiters that sort of thing yeah. and we figured out that like the skills gap was definitely like An existing problem yeah that was confirmed theoretically from a research perspective and like from like just speaking to um people in industry i think that's kind of where we were over christmas i think it's when we came back that ralph kind of just like spitballed this idea that we basically recommend what people should learn
0: i think so actually i think so i think we had like a nascent version of the idea that we that was like Created on this phone call, but then like in terms of like actually like bringing it and like really like honing in on like what this is going to be. I think it was. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, yeah, it must have been like one of those foundry sessions. Um, where we we'll were thinking. <laughs> and, um, sorry. Just, so for the listeners, I guess the foundry in Oxford is like a startup hub where all the cool startup people work. Um, and <laughs> 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 apparently, Ravi and I um are, are part of that group of people so that, that apparently apparently um, but yeah that is um where we did most of our meetings and where we did most of our work and um, but yeah i think that's where one of that's where the final idea for attain sort of came to life so
1: we had this idea and um you know i guess it's like beginning of 2018
0: 2019
1: beginning of 2019 right yeah yeah beginning of uh, yeah sorry yeah, this is early early 2019 we have our idea we have a we have some semblance of like how it would work. Um, we have, so for the hot prize, we need to uh, prepare a pitch. Um, we have no slides. Um, <laughs> we have, you know, we had no tech. Um, we didn't have a website. Uh, we'd spoken to a lot of people. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, for the next like month or so for the next term, pretty much, it was just conversations that we really had. Yeah. It was like, edging towards the end of term and we'd had a long time to think about what we wanted to attain to be but we hadn't really made significant progress at least from my perspective
0: i think like that like retroactively just thinking about it i think that was like one of the big learning points for us um it's just like that i think that was like a period of like a lot of talk but like not really like we didn't want to take a first step because we didn't want it to be the wrong step right like we didn't want to make a step forward and then have to take two steps back Um, exactly But yeah, I think you know, especially and it's so easy to do that, especially when you're like a student at the same time as well. And you know you've got you've got a problem sheet coming up or an essay or whatever. It's like super easy to just like put off this piece of work that you know you should really like address up front.
1: I think the problem, especially for a lot of early stage entrepreneurs and you know, other student entrepreneurs I've spoken to as well, is it's very, very it's often very difficult to figure out what that first step even is. Right. right? Um, I've you know, over the past year, um having gone through the whole process spoken to other people who are now going through the, the process are in places where you know where we were a year and a half ago and yeah. a lot of the times for them it's like i can't even think of what the first step would be um you know as as you as you um proved to us uh cold emailing is <laughs> is 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 a good start uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the successes we had there
0: yeah so um you know i mentioned this briefly earlier but like we basically sent out uh, emails to because our very first sort of business model was working with like graduate recruiters, and to help to help try and reduce like youth unemployment for those students that come out of university, and we basically spoke, you know, we got up like the Times hundred top graduate employers, and emailed like the head of HRs, like the head of global HR for every single one of them, <laughs> and like you know, it's one of those things where you sort of think about you you sort of think about it and you're like, you know, this person is not going to have time to speak to me for sure, right? Um, and you're right, like 95% of the time they were. But it's like that 5% of the time, we probably had in the region of like, think 5% is probably like under undercutting it, actually. It was probably like 15 to 20%. But like this, those 15 or 20 conversations that we had were amazing because they basically like validated the idea, gave us an idea on like how our business model could potentially work and how this idea could maybe make money. And, and really got like the ball rolling for us in terms of like what our next steps ought to look like.
1: I think the other side, which I didn't appreciate as much um, going into it, was people are super willing to help. Yeah. Um, whenever something exciting comes along, like people are willing to put in time, effort, and even like connect you to other people as well. Yeah. I think you know maybe our success rate with cold emailing was ten fifteen percent, but as soon as you could get one of those people on board and one of those people kind of invested in the idea as um, just following it, even right, then all of a sudden you know they are part of part of the team in a in a, in a slightly more abstract way uh, and 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 willing to introduce it to people and then you oftentimes the success rate then is is a lot higher right exactly
0: yeah exactly that i think that's 100 percent accurate quickly taking stock of everything that's happened so far we've got a team together we have had an idea we've spoken to a few people about this idea and amongst all of this we've also applied to the hot prize And it was literally like an online application where we sent off a few words saying, this is our team. This is why we care about the problem. Um, And we didn't actually have to provide a solution to youth unemployment. Um, Funnily enough, they didn't expect us to solve it in 2000 words. Um, (laughs) Oh no, not even 2000 words, 2000 characters. Let me get that right. Um, They didn't expect us to solve it in 2000 characters, but what they did want to see is just like a team that cares deeply about the problem. So we got, Through the online application, and we were invited to the London regionals, which were just after the end of our term um, and the beginning of our sort of uh, six week vacation. Um, And at this point, you know, we've come to the end of our term. It's two weeks until the regional, and we have nothing. (laughs) We have a few conversations under our belt, we have an idea, um, but we don't have any slides. We don't know how we're making money yet. We don't know if this is an idea that will make money yet. We don't know why uh, the whole price of $1 million is needed for us. Um, and yeah, we are we kind of just, we, we, we're very, very, we're not in a great place, I think it's fair to say. In, in two short days, we
1: answered all of those questions. Um... I mean, obviously, you know, they weren't great answers but <laughs> in two days. In two days, we figured out um, at least what an answer would look like, right? And I think this is this is one of the issues we struggle with most. It's that we wanted to be one hundred percent sure about everything we put on our slides, but really, what we the thing that we um, kind of most misunderstood was just the nature of the uncertainty of startups, right? So much of what we were saying was idea stage was not tested um and what that meant was we felt kind of uncomfortable putting a lot of these things on our slides initially um we felt uncomfortable projecting what our revenues would be we felt uncomfortable saying that we'd want to partner with this organization or um you know distribute our platform in this way because we just hadn't done it yet what we realized though was that before you're able to do something you need to figure out what it is you want to do and this was just the first step in that so I think we, we worked pretty hard for a few days. I'd say like, I think it was like three full days pretty much, right? Yeah. Where we, we, every morning, you know, we meet up, um, distribute our tasks, um, kind of check back in, in a couple of hours later, um, all take responsibilities for certain slides. At the end of those three days, I, I think we had slides that we were pretty happy
0: with. That brings us to the regional finals, which were being held on a weekend in London. Oren and I were already based there, but Ralph and Rabbi were in Oxford. We ended up meeting in the Guildhall Art Gallery to prepare for pitch day. Now, the Guildhall Art Gallery may seem like a strange location. And let me just confirm to you, it was. But we needed somewhere easy to travel to so we could all meet up and get a load of practice in. For whatever reason, Oren, being the font of knowledge that he mm-hmm. is, um, had decided that it was a location that was easy enough for all of us to get to and was good enough for us to get our work done in. and to be fair to him he was completely right what wasn't mentioned by erin however was the fact that we'd end up practicing inside a cloakroom um, for for <laughs> five hours the day of our pitch
1: and um as i remember it we all we did was practice our lines um so it wasn't just the cloakroom of the Guildhall art gallery but on the tube on the platform uh, i remember so many times just rattling off our lines and people just staring at us like what are these guys doing um <laughs> but i think you know i think hope i think it served us well um we, we practiced a lot in those few days it felt like all we were doing was practicing our pitch or refining it um and yeah we spent a lot of time doing that so i think after um after Guildhall art gallery we made our way over to the um hulk business school um for the first day's events they had presentations um a little bit of networking a lot of food um and they gave us a few extra guidelines that kind of made us revisit some of our initial slides um so I think that evening we went back to Oren's made some changes and and just kept practicing we brainstormed some of the questions they might ask us um and we ended up going to sleep super mm-hmm. late if I remember correctly
0: yeah yeah I I remember actually just before we went to bed actually we were like yeah we d redone like another three of the slides literally um at i think one a m the day of the pitch yeah um, and whilst we whilst we were redoing that, we were like rattling off different questions that the judges might ask us um and like having some semblance of like what sort of answers we'd give um It was all very much last minute, but that's just how these things work
1: exactly <laughs> so i think and I think you were the one who woke up first the following morning, super early something
0: yeah. at 5 6 a.m yeah um, yeah so that's a that's a an added benefit of having to do a turn I guess um, <laughs> I ended up having to get up at 5 a.m just so that I could uh, quickly crank that out before any of the others were up um but you know manage managed to get that out okay um, and then we ended up uh, heading over to the Holt Business School yeah uh, the days uh for the day's events where we found out that we were pitching in the afternoon um, and then in the morning we'd get to watch a bunch of the other pitches.
1: Yeah, and um, we also got to give some feedback to them. Um, you know, there were people from all over the world with very, very different ideas. One of the teams um, seemed to be way ahead of us in terms of the development of their idea. Um, they'd gone out and spoken to potential partners. They'd signed letters of intent, I think. Yeah, Um yeah and just they just really were very well, well put together um so that was that i think at least i can speak for myself it made me feel a little bit nervous um
0: 100 yeah
1: yeah and um i think the other thing about pitching in the afternoon was um it meant that we had a lot of time but we weren't necessarily able to practice in that time so a lot of our time was spent watching these other pitches but you know thinking about our own pitch um so you know when we finally got to the afternoon and the pitch finally came around i I think um at least for myself i felt very relieved that it was kind of out of the way um it i it went pretty well um we got a couple of tough questions at the end but other than that i think um we did we did reasonably
0: well yeah and then they actually it was weird actually because you know we finished and then we went back to like the holding room with the rest of the teams yeah, And then around like an hour later, they actually uh, sort of came by just to let us know, you know, the judges want to ask you a few more questions. Yeah. Um, which we went back and answered. Um, and this time they were a little bit more tougher. I think they were just trying to like separate the team. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, but long story short, tougher questions for a select few teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so
1: that was the, that was the pitches done um so some of the teams pitched in the morning we pitched in the afternoon and um after that we headed over to an another location and um i think the way they, they the way they set set this up was pretty smart actually so what they do is they um they invite all the teams to get into basically a very large lecture hall uh, or sort of theater and um one by one they announce the teams that have made it to the top six um was it top six or top eight
0: Uh, top six top six. six.
1: so they announced top six but the way they do it is very interesting they announce each team and once they announce you the team needs to come down to the stage present in front of everybody for six minutes um, answer questions in front of everybody for four minutes and then go back and sit down and they repeated that for each of the teams so this uh, I mean they've obviously thought this through it really built up the tension in the room Um, (laughs) and basically at the end of that hour, hour and a half um we'd seen six teams pitch who were the top six teams and the winner would come from those six teams
0: i don't know if you remember actually i think like with the whole tension thing i think we were quite lucky because um we we would actually picked second like, i don't yeah. think i don't think it made a difference and yeah. i don't think it was like in any specific order or whatever but i remember like when we had when they said you know we'd like attain to pitch um we were second which basically was like a a massive relief but B also meant that we didn't have to deal with like the late attention. Um, you know, to be entirely honest, I don't really remember the next four pitches because <laughs> all I was thinking was, oh my God, we, we made top six. What's going to happen? Um, which was an interesting place to be.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and, you know, so once again, I think that pitch went pretty well. Um, I think practicing lines on the tube, practicing every opportunity we got kind of served us well. Yeah. Um, and I think the best thing we did um, was that late night of figuring out what sort of questions they might ask us, because yep. that prepared us very well for the Q and A part, um, which I think kind of is is what pushed us over the edge. Um, and so after that, um, we we taken, I think about an hour's break
0: for dinner while the yep. judges deliberate. Yeah, and um, that was actually quite an quite an interesting little bit bit of time because you know a bunch of teams who hadn't made the top six. Uh, came up to us and sort of spoke to us and sort of let us know you know we thought you guys were great or like how does this work or how does that work and and it's really interesting because these were like fellow entrepreneurs rather than the judges uh, giving us feedback and and I think a lot of those little bits of advice that we picked up there uh, fed into the later changes that we'd make with the team.
1: Yeah definitely agree
0: Um,
1: and you know if I say so if I can say so dinner was was pretty good as well Um, (laughs) after after a long you know after a long day and um of stressing so, and i don't think we were thinking about what we were eating throughout the whole day until probably that point so yeah. you know, that that was that was good too um we all kind of file back into the lecture theater we all take our seats and um yeah so we're, we're all expecting you know the announcement and um one of, the, one of the judges gets up and starts talking a little bit about the Hull Prize, starts talking a little bit about some of the entrepreneurs that he's seen over the weekend um, and just generally discussing sort of the, the environment that we were all in and, and the and summarizing essentially the weekend. Um, it was at that point where he started describing a team. He just started describing the winning team actually. And um, it was interesting because some of those descriptors seemed like they could fit with us and some of them felt a bit like they weren't really about us
0: um yeah. and, and so- then I think, I think the thing that really sort of like got to me was the fact that they then go okay cool we're gonna invite the top two teams down and yeah. then and then tell tell you guys who won out of those two which is just like absolutely ridiculous like Why would imagine you that, right yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> it seemed a bit like unnecessary torture
1: um but there were two teams invited down uh, and we were one of those two teams the other team um, was doing insect farming in Uganda, if I remember correctly.
0: Indeed, indeed.
1: And um, and they invited us both down. And um, at that point, I was kind of like, if we don't get it, I'm gonna be super upset. Like you could have just told me and let me let me stay sat down. Um, <laughs> but you know, if we if we do get it, obviously I would have been elated. Um, but yeah, like I said, um, the uh, the judge was describing the teams and. At that point, it was, I don't know, I just, I kind of just felt like, uh, I, yeah, I I couldn't really wait any longer. And, um, it turns out that they decided that year, um, to have two winners for the London Regional. Um, yeah, at that point, I was like, whoa, because, you know, I, I didn't really expect it. I felt kind of like it was going to go either way. Um, and when that, when that came, when, you know, when he announced that, I was, genuinely over the moon i think we have pictures from from those from those moments yeah. showing us celebrating um yeah. which which really
0: uh show how we felt i think it's it's absolutely nuts like i've seen the video of us like of that specific moment where they go yeah. you know we're, we're putting both the teams through and it's absolutely nuts like i don't think i, I like I, I watch it and every time my heart just goes like my heart just goes off because I, I remember <laughs> how it felt at, at, at that specific moment. And um, it was just like, you know, all those all-nighters that we'd called, um, you know, all that work we'd done whilst trying to manage our degrees at the same time, uh, mm. finally sort of felt like it was worth something. Little do we know what was to come after that, though. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah. And, you know, I, I think um, this represents one of the really cool things about the whole prize. Um, they have quite a lot of flexibility, I'd say. Um, yeah. So, I know the year before us, there was also two winners of the London regionals, but I think this year there was only one, and there was yeah. two winners elsewhere. I don't remember exactly which location, but there were two winners in another location, and it just goes to show that, like, um, when you know when the Hulk prize wants to it recognizes right. that there's more than one team they want to take forward, they kind of kind of act on it. Similarly, yeah. I don't know if you saw, um, but they were doing Instagram live pitches, and I think one of the teams got to the accelerator through that pitch
0: yeah Um, i saw that that looks um, absolutely insane like i think so the the head of the whole prize Ahmad ashkar was like running a um was running like an instagram live where he was Mm. letting random people sort of like pitch him over over instagram and and like a team managed to get an invitation to the to the to the accelerator through that which is absolutely insane i think it's such a cool idea that at the end of the day if you like want if you really want it like there's so many routes to get there That brings us to the end of our first episode of Founder Circle. To summarise, we went from thinking that we might want to take part in the hot price, to getting together a team for it, to coming up with an idea of something that might maybe somehow work, to winning the London Regional Finals. And coming up next, we'll be taking you through our experiences preparing for
1: the Accelerator, during the Accelerator, and telling you a little bit about where we are with Attain now.
0: We have been your hosts, Gergen Karana and Rabbi Malik. Thank you for listening to Founder Circle. See you next time.